Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hey guys, welcome to the basement. Friday show. Fired up. I'm excited. Really excited. I have a martini glass already in the freezer. I like to ice it down for at least a couple hours so that it is like a glass-shaped glacier when the gin first hits it on a Friday afternoon on my couch. I'm so excited. I start drinking on Friday afternoon because I get up at four in the morning. So my Friday afternoon for most people is kind of like Friday after dinner time. I can't wait. I'm gonna do the show. I'm gonna get a workout. I'm gonna pick my kids up from school. I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna play with them. Then I'm gonna start imbibing and I'm really excited. You know what would be a fun thing to toast to? If Aaron Rodgers announced what team he's gonna be on in the next 20 minutes or so. We're gonna get into that. The Jets are just leaving it all on the field. I have such respect for the New York Jets players and the recruiting that they are doing and the vivaciousness with which they are doing it. They're all in. Um, Kyler stuff is good. Just out of nowhere, this Kyler Murray scud with a teammate saying he needs to grow up. It's great. It's a great little gift that they gave us. And then uh, sleeping habits. You got weird ones, who doesn't? There's a major, major sports coach by a major sports coach. Sounds like something my mom would say. There's a big coach in the world of major professional sports who has the strangest sleeping habit maybe I've ever heard, unless I read yours that you guys have sent and you got one weirder. You do that weird thing like with your pillow, with your blanket, with your mouth, with your voice, whatever. We're going to get into sleeping habits because it comes from the world of professional sports. And we're going to get into what I love, what I hate, and I promise... What's hilarious? It's weekend time, come on! Brick City! Yeah! I think one of the funniest images of the entire NFL season last year was a rookie going into Lambeau Field, beating them, and putting on the cheese hat. Not as an end zone celebration, not as he ran off the tunnel, but just standing there on the frozen tundra being like, yeah, what's up? I got a cheese hat on. I am wearing this thing after a win. Double middle finger, what's anybody gonna do about it? That's what Sauce Gardner did when the scrappy Jets walked into Lambeau and won in a rookie corner named after a condiment, put a cheese thing on his head. He was all kinds of mishmash of great content. And so Sauce Gardner, ever since then, he went on to win the Defensive Rookie of the Year almost damn near made the playoffs. Um, he has turned his attention in the off season to like most of his teammates saying like, man, imagine if we had a quarterback, imagine if we had a Hall of Fame quarterback, I think we might be able to win the Super Bowl next year. So he is going all in trying to get Aaron Rodgers attention up to and including taking that cheese head and torching it. Watch this videotape. Where A-Rod at, man? Where A-Rod? I mean, let's make this happen, man. This me talking now. I ain't playing no games no more. Bro, I'm not bro. playing no more, A-Rod. I was playing talk. that first, I'm not playing no more. You see it in my face. I need you to lock in. I need you to come here so we can win the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> don't even play no more. I mean, you've been playing a little too much. Hey, just chill. Just think about it. You still feel me? Just think about it, bro. It's cold outside right now. When this pool cover come off, man, you gonna, we could take a swim. Like, we can have a little pool party at my crib, man. Hosted <laughs> by you. Know what I mean? Hey, I can teach you how to get 32, eh, Rod? I can teach you how to get 32, right? Uh, I can teach you how to get 32, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hey, I can teach you how to get 32. <laughs> come on. 
Oh, and there it goes. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone, man. It's gone, bro. Gone, man. Ain't nothing we can do. It. Look at the cheese. It's melting. It's turning the cheese sauce, bro. Look, it's turning the cheese sauce though. Oh, bro, y'all see that? It really turned into cheese sauce, man. It ain't even there no more. We should have got some really s'mores good. for real. We could. We should have got some s'mores, <laughs> bro. <laughs> There's always one person at a campfire that says we should have done s'mores. That's a great piece of video. If you're only listening to it, how dare you? You should be watching. That is Sauce Gardener and friends standing around what looks like to be one of those solo stoves that you can get from Instagram. They make a campfire in next to a pool with a cover on it in the dark, burning the cheese hat and uh, recruiting A-Rod. There's so much to like there. I like that Sauce Gardener was like a little kid when A-Rod was winning a Super Bowl. He's grown up his entire life watching A-Rod just dominate. And now he's sitting in his backyard Torch and styrofoam cheese begging him, really begging him and insisting that he come to his team. I love all of that. I love that in other situations, teams wouldn't so shamelessly recruit someone, partly just because they're too lazy or not creative enough, and also partly because they have this ridiculous false respect for uh, Zach Wilson. <laughs> That's not a factor. Imagine Zach Wilson watching that video. Look, he has nothing to say about it, but I love that they're just be like, look, I don't give a damn. Come, A-Rod, come. Come to our team now. It's so funny, it's so good, and I love that the Jets are doing this. Now, Rodgers is not going to go to the Jets because of a video from a rookie corner. However, considering that there's been a whole bunch of different Jets who have really taken runs at recruiting Rodgers, at tweeting him, DMing him, who knows? I think there's a vibe about the Jets, and that's what they're showing them. They're not gonna get them with one tweet or one campfire, but if you start to watch these, the Jets turned out to be very likable. They turned to be young, energetic. Obviously, we know they're talented on the field, but also just fun guys to hang out with. When you see Sauce Gardner doing that, I like to have s'mores with Sauce. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, maybe you wanna share a team playing with Sauce. Maybe you wanna win a Super Bowl with Sauce, and Sauce is not the only one. Let's remember, one of the names that has not come up a lot in this Rodgers recruitment by the Jets is the biggest name on the team, is the biggest guy in maybe in the league. We're talking about Mekhi Becton, all right? Mekhi Becton, offensive tackle, probably left tackle, maybe right tackle, who knows? That's really appealing for Rodgers to play with a guy like that. That would be his David Bakhtiari, except healthier. Mekhi Becton started it out too. He did the Twitter recruitment. Remember what he did? I don't know if you saw this or not. It's a strange pull from him, but he did eyeball, eyeball, eyeball at Aaron Rodgers, and he did the... Can I even muster this? What's up? Now he did the, the gif from Scary Movie, the Wayans Brothers thing, but you know the source material for that probably comes from when Mekhi Becton was, I don't know, like in diapers or something? That is the old Super Bowl commercial with the guys screaming at each other on the phone. That made no sense, it was totally unintelligible, and yet it struck a chord and people loved it. They just would call each other and go, what's up? That was the commercial, and it worked. Will it work with Rodgers? Again, Rodgers, I guarantee, knowing his love of movies, has seen Scary Movie, he knows this, and he loves this. Mekhi Becht is also tweeting mirror selfies of himself, and thank God, not shirtless, because I can't stand the shirtless mirror selfie, it's the calling card of the D-bag, but he's doing it as a calling card of I'm getting in shape, my body looks different, I'm ready to block for a Hall of Famer. The was up, the s'mores, fine. This is real football recruiting right here. If you're Rodgers and you're flipping through your phone on your back deck in Malibu and you're like, oh my God, Mekhi Becton looks great. I mean, he looks really good. That's gonna be the guy blocking for me? 
that's the dude, I'm into it. I love D Bakhtiari, that's my guy. But he's had knee problems for like three years. Imagine if I can get behind that guy, just set up shop and throw it to Garrett down the field. We could win a Super Bowl. Um, amazing, amazing recruitment going on here. I also would beg the question, let's do the dangerous thing and try to hack with our machete through Roger's head. It was a couple days ago that the Jets were there and left. So he's had a couple days to really think about it. Not only that, he's also had the darkness retreat he's had since the whole offseason. He's had weeks to think about retirement. He's had days to think about the Jets specifically. When do you think this decision will come out? When do you think Rodgers will announce? Is it next Tuesday on McAfee? Is it Friday afternoon? Like, could it be this afternoon? How much longer do you need? Probably not given his style of kind of messing with the media because Friday afternoon you get it buried. You want it Monday morning. My guess is it happens Monday or Tuesday. Why wait any longer? I know he likes to toy with the media, he likes to string it out. I think the Rodgers decision is coming Monday morning or Tuesday morning. It would be really funny if he did it late Sunday night and then just set off the atom bomb of content Monday morning for all of us to react to it. I'm into that. Meanwhile, look in the big red font on the monitor here in the, in the basement. New AFC East news per Mike Garofolo, my colleague. The Dolphins have informed Tua Tonga-Vailoa that they are picking up the fifth-year option. That's big news. It's really big news. That means they love Tua. That means you want to be in business with Tua. They're going to do with Tua what the Giants did not do with Daniel Jones. That's a massive deal. Because in almost every case not named Daniel Jones, if you don't get the fifth-year option picked up, there will not be a fifth year. It just doesn't happen. The Dolphins doing this not only say they're interested in Tua, they're saying we're not going to do something crazy and jump in the Lamar fray. And we're not going to go in the Tom Brady route as wild as those rumors have been. This whole don't be surprised if Tom Brady comes out of retirement. There's a Miami thing. He has two children who are living there. You know, there's a friendliness with the ownership. Some of the stuff that Rich Eisen was talking about when he got back from the combine. That's done. You're not, you're not going to have Tua for two more years and then bring in a 46-year-old quarterback. So Brady's not going to play for the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson's not going to play for the Dolphins. It looks like Tua Tagovailoa is going to play for the Dolphins, which is cool because Tua's great as a person and a player. I'm a little surprised just because of the concussion thing. It feels like this very gentle quarterback with which you have to be really careful for, and yet they know they're going to play with him for the next couple of years. Who was to tell me on the set the other day that Tua is taking jujitsu lessons in the offseason? And part of what he's learning through jujitsu is the proper way to fall. I'm not making that up and I'm not making a joke. There's an art about arching your back, keeping your head, tightening your core. I, I don't know it myself, but as I understand it, he doesn't fall right. And when he gets tackled, he bangs his head back. And so he's learning how to resist that. And damn, he well better because he's going to be a dolphin for a long time. That's big news. Not only for the dolphins, for the rest of the league. Take the Dolphins off the list. They were on my list of 16 teams that could shock the world and go get Lamar. That list is now down to 15 teams. Amazing. All kinds of stuff happening. I knew it was going to be a fun Friday. Let's get in though to what I hate. We got to talk about another quarterback. I hate the world of Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray right now. Hate it. It's... it's it's a shame to the state of this thing. He's injured, he's unsuccessful, and not only is he largely mocked, if not disrespected by a lot of the media, now he has a current player speaking really strongly about the shortcomings that he has. 
so to speak, and not only a current player, a teammate. If you haven't heard this yet, Kelvin Beecham is a free agent, but he's been Kyler's teammate for the last three years in Arizona. And he sat down and was asked about Kyler and what he needs to do to improve and get better, and he shot straight. He's got all the tools, you think? He has all the tools, man. If some guy can throw off one leg, he can, you know, throw it a mile. He can run faster than anybody else on the field. He just lacks the leadership. He's put together. I didn't say he lacks the leadership. I just think he needs to grow up a little bit. Um, and I think if he has the ability and the willingness to grow up, he's going to be just fine. Um, they paid him for a reason. They paid him because of his talent. And he has the ability to lead. It's just when you're in that position, we need you to lead more. So first of all, Kelvin Beecham is one of the most impressive, intelligent, and insightful current players that I've ever had the pleasure of talking to. When you talk to Kelvin Beecham, you're like, well, this guy's gonna be a CEO someday. This guy's gonna be a president. He's incredibly intelligent, thoughtful, everything you want, has presence, and has total credibility to speak about this. He needs to grow up. What a loaded soundbite. Not, you know, he needs to, you know, uh, maybe put in a little extra time, he needs to reach out to the team more. He needs to uh, look within himself, grow up. This calling him a baby, calling him a kid. It is incredibly patronizing, condescending, demeaning, and completely honest. I don't fault Kelvin Beecham at all. Finally, somebody said it. Do you know how many players think exactly this? So many, so many. I am in the position where I am around players a lot, and there's a lot of talks during commercial breaks, a lot. And there's certain guys in the league, Russell Wilson, others, Kyler Murray, when he comes up, guys go off. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to tell you what they say. They have a lot of strong opinions about him. And they will tell you everything he does down there in Arizona. It sets an example for the rest of the franchise. It sets them back. It says you go at the end of the season around the Arizona Cardinals. You go to the facility 10 minutes before meetings start and the parking lot is empty. All kinds of stuff. A lot of players feel this way about Kyler Murray. Do you remember the interview J.J. Watt did with Dan Patrick? Maybe you saw it a couple of months ago where Dan was just saying, so what's it like playing with Kyler? And J.J. wanted the hell off the set, had wanted nothing to do with the conversation. Preferred to talk about Antonio Brown, his ex-college teammate, rather than just drop some cliches about Kyler Murray. Well, Calvin Beach has been dropping any cliches. This needs to grow up. And I, I, I'm staggered by it. You just don't see that anymore. And I'm just kind of drunk on how truthful that is and how brutally honest that is. And honestly, I, at this point in Kyler Murray's career, I think it's a shame. I hate how his career is right now. And I don't even mean the injury. If he had finished the season healthy, it's still the same thing. You know why? Because Kyler Murray is just as talented as Patrick Mahomes. He may even be more talented than Patrick Mahomes. It's an insane, insane skill set that he has that he's capable of. And he's been able to do nothing with it, nothing. Kyler Murray should be the NFC Patrick Mahomes. He should be the co-face of the league with Patrick Mahomes. He has an unbelievable thing that he's bringing to the table here in this new generation of football as Brady and Rodgers and Rivers and Roethlisberger and Eli have all either walked away or about to walk away and we're ushering in this new class of Mahomes and Allen and Herbert and Burrow. Kyler Murray should be there. He should be at the top of that list and he's not. He should be the coolest guy in the sport. He looks different, he plays different, he talks different, his interests are different. He's a professional video game player, he's a professional baseball player. He is unbelievably cool in all these boxes when children like my son who's nine years old and his friends, they should be wanting, wanting the Kyler Murray jersey. He should be the coolest guy in the league. And he's not. 
And he's not one because he doesn't win, two because his body language is terrible, and three because his own teammates go on the radio and say he needs to grow up. That's not cool. You're not gonna hear Travis Kelsey say that Patrick Mahomes needs to grow up. It's just not gonna happen. You're not gonna hear Derwin James saying that Justin Herbert needs to grow up. You're not gonna hear Chase say it about Joe Burrow, anybody. It's not happening. It is that, to me, a teammate saying he needs to grow up is more incriminating than the team including a clause that he needs to spend a certain amount of time studying. It's, 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 it's worse. It's really, it's really, really condemning. And I would like to hear Kyler's response. I would. And you know what Kyler should say? Not some sort of combative thing and not some sort of uh, passive aggressive subtweet. Here's what I'd say if I was Kyler Murray and I'm in the middle of my offseason, I'm rehabbing my knee and one of my most respected teammates goes on the radio and says that I need to grow up. I would think about it and then I would either speak or tweet or even put on video. Um, I've heard what Kelvin said and I've thought about it a lot and maybe he's right. And I plan to spend this offseason really reflecting on myself and what I can be as a leader for this team and how I can make myself and everyone around me better. Um, all I want to do is win a Super Bowl for this organization. I'm listened, I'm learning, and I promise I will get better. Kyler Murray, K1, that's what I would do. That would earn him so much credit, so much respect to actually take the criticism and not fight back from it. Or more importantly and more likely with Kyler, just ignore it, eh, whatever, I'm doing some multiplayer. Say, you know what, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe you know more about this league and maybe you speak from a place of, of insight about me. Maybe I'm not doing it right because he's not. It was an unmitigated disaster. It's the worst disaster in the whole league last year it was not the Denver Broncos at all, who had a first year quarterback and a first year head coach. It was the Cardinals who were a dumpster fire and they were on a national television show recording the entire thing. Amazon tried to clean it up for them. They couldn't. Disaster. And a lot of it was Kyler. Now you got this new coach who's all zippity doodah, let's get to work. I don't know. Kyler's under contract. He's not going anywhere. And now this is how this, this story about storyline will follow him around for the offseason. Grow up. He's right. He's right. This is a shame. Kyler Murray should be one of the faces of the league, not the butt of the jokes. It's wrong. He's got, he's got what, five months to get right? I hope his knee's right. I hope his head's right. Kyler Murray should be a star in this league, not a punchline. Let's get to what's hilarious. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know what this shit really should say? It should say, what's weird? We're gonna use hilarious, but it should say what's weird because you know what's weird? The way people sleep. Sleep in general is weird. I think it's very strange as human beings that we spend about 50% of our entire lives lying there in a dark room doing nothing. <laughs> it's stupid. Why are we made that way? What a waste of time. Think about how many thousands and thousands and thousands of hours you just sleep which you could be doing productive things, you don't. But the good news is we have some productivity out of it in the form of the weird stuff that I do, that you guys do, uh, and that Boston Celtics head coach Joe Mazzula does. Um, this is quite a topic. I love that we're doing this on the show. 
Coach was doing a radio interview earlier this week. And you have to listen to what he told Ted Johnson, the former Patriots linebacker, about when he lies down in bed at night, how he does it. His sleeping habit, strangeness. This is what they talked about and makes sense of this. Coach Missoula likes, he sleeps. He gets excellent sleep. Okay. Doesn't have to get up. Um, in the minute he More. sleeps. He sleeps the whole night through. But he said, Ted, you have to tape your mouth shut. Are we doing, are we talking duct tape? Like what color duct tape? Yeah. Uh, do you tape yourself? Does this go down? Yeah, you know what I mean, Joe? There, <laughs> I got, no, there's, there's sleep tape out there. I actually have a mouthpiece okay. now, Ted. I've upgraded to a sleep mouthpiece. Uh, that really? kind of helps with it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think just, I think, you know, really more when you, when I, when I got in the NBA, I kind of learned how long of a season it is physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I think the way, you know, coaches and players have to find ways to take care of themselves. It's important to optimize as much as you can. And so, you know, I remember my first year in the league, um, I wasn't used to having all this great food around. It was food in the facility, pregame, postgame, food on the plane. So I, you know, got really, really worn down and tired halfway through my first year and uh, just kind of took a different approach. It was like, you know, how can I optimize to make sure, you know, I have to be at my best as a coach. And so sleep's really, really important. And, and uh, you know, mouth tape is, plays a part in that for me. All right. First of all, let's not equate the food with the mouth tape. Being in a new atmosphere in which your eating habits change dramatically and you realize you got to start being more intelligent about your food choices, that is a totally normal, rational thing that people all around the world do in all lines of work. That makes sense. Don't equate that to going to sleep at night and taping your mouth shut. <laughs> I, I don't even understand necessarily what it is. I think the guys had the right questions. Is it, I would have first said, is it duct tape? Now, is it over your mouth like a hostage? Like, are you bound? Is it vertical, either in a giant patch or strips, so as to restrict your mouth from opening? And isn't there some sort of potential safety hazard? I, I've never heard of this, and I know that people have different... <laughs> I want a picture so badly of Coach with the mouth on. And there's a mouth strip or something. He said there's some sort of project. You probably get it at the sharper image, and I'm sure it's great. But um, very unusual. Because what I would say if I was him is I use, I use a, um, a little tool to sleep that you know, helps me breathe or helps me in my mouth. I, I would phrase it differently than I tape my mouth shut. Tape your mouth shut? You feel like you're bound and gagged and hogtied in a basement somewhere from a serial killer. You don't tape your mouth shut. And every morning, do you take it off? Does it pull your mustache hairs off? What? When do you put it on? I don't know if he's a married man. How does his wife feel about it? Like, does, does that ever come into play there? It's a lot of questions there. My biggest question is, does anybody else do this? I guess if there's a product, they do. Have you ever heard of this? Taping your mouth shut? I know people who have the sleep apnea, who use, I have family members who use the, the CPAC machine, all of that. They use the Breathe Right strips. I've tried those. People put in the things to not grind their teeth, sleep mask, uh, white noise, headphones, noise canceling. That's, that's, those are the greatest hits. Everybody knows people who use those. I don't know anyone in my life. They're like, oh, I'm over at a friend's house. Yeah, I have trouble sleeping. Oh, I'm over at um, Carol and Kevin's house. They live down the street from us. We go to their house all the time. And just during, you know, wine one night, like, yeah, so, you know, Kevin's been taping his mouth shut when he goes to bed. What? Taping it shut? Oh, no, there's, there's a product or something. Okay, but does it tape your mouth closed 
Taping your mouth closed to me sounds as if you were not able to open your mouth. Someone has to undo the tape for you. And they have to say, this is usually what they say to hostages. Now, if I take this tape off, are you gonna scream? You better not, and they go, and it hurts. And then they don't scream because the person will kill them. That's taping your mouth closed. But maybe we're redefining it. There needs to be a follow-up interview on this. Can someone tell me more about Coach Missoula? I need to, to, to do his players react to this. And if he's doing it, is his staff now doing it? Because you know, the staff always tries to embody the head coach. They have similar hours. They're on planes all the time. I need to know that. Need to. Um, quick sidebar. Uh, we had Kareem Jackson on uh, the Good Morning Football today. So I'm talking about sleep. Broncos safety has been in the league like 14 years. And we brought up with him, hey man, so when you guys were flying to London, was Russell Wilson really doing high knees up and down the aisle on the airplane and for an international flight? Did that really happen? He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> tell us. And he's like, listen, I slept through the whole thing. He's, I think he like took something because he was like, man, I was out. I didn't see anything. When we got off the plane, they have the Broncos have a, a text chat amongst the DBs. So he said, Pat, who I think is Pat Sertan, he said he started the, check, the text chain when they got off the plane in London and the first text through was, yo, did y'all see Russ on the plane? <laughs> Imagine that. And they were like, no, what? And he's like, dude, like he was doing high knees up and down the aisle and they didn't tell us the rest of the text chain, but that's so funny because he, found, he was on the plane and he found out that Russ was doing it kind of the same way we did. Like a friend of ours texts us the story or we saw it on Twitter or something. But that's unbelievable. So maybe he was doing the tape mouth shut because Kareem Jackson was so asleep, he missed his quarterback going up and down the aisle doing high knees. But we're burying the lead here. This is the reason you do this story on Kyle Brandt's basement. You do it so you can go to the streets. Go to the streets and find out. We asked the question at KB Basement. Guys, what are your weird sleep habits? And boy, did you guys deliver. I'm proud of you. Jeff and Lincoln. Ah, yes, Jeff. <laughs> These are great. Jeff says, when I stay in a hotel, I always get two queen beds, okay? One for sleeping and one for eating. Interesting. He says, hotels never put the desk in a spot that has a good angle for, at the TV. God, Jeff, I think that's actually kind of genius. So what Jeff is saying is that he eschews the option for a master, or a, not a master, a king-size bed, and he says, I'll take the two queens, which is what you do when you're with a friend or kids or something. And he's saying that he likes to eat in the hotel room, but the only place to eat in the hotels he stays at is you eat at the desk. But then if you eat at the desk, you can't watch your TV shows or the game. So Jeff's got a whole camp out bed whereby he puts his room service tray or his Chipotle that he carries out or whatever. And he's got his whole eating bed, which he probably, you know, gets messy or like, you know, smelly or whatever in the food. And, and then you just leave that there and that's your table watching TV. Then you go to that nice, clean, pristine, untouched virgin bed over on the side. Jeff, I love that idea. I, I really do. I'm going to try that. Next time I'm in a hotel and I know I'm going to eat in the hotel, get two queens. L. L. Michelle, she says, oh, well, this is sad. She says, I sleep with a hammer for protection. L, are you in danger? She, al she also says, and she also sleeps with a peppermint patty when I wake up in the middle of the night so I can have a sweet little snack. Are you serious? 
I think that's actually more unbelievable than the hammer for protection. I have a friend who has a baseball bat in his room because he's worried someone's gonna come in. You have a candy, so you wake up and you look at the clock and it's like, what time is it? 2.16 a.m. Nom, nom, nom. Let me just grab this York peppermint patty, eat it and go back to sleep? You know, get up and brush your teeth or anything? Oh, you're a wild one. All right, that's not my habits, it's yours. I asked for him, you gave him. I can't judge, go on. Margo from Buffalo. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Margo says she chews gum while she sleeps. No, you don't. You go to bed with gum in your mouth? I, I was always told that if you do that, it's gonna get in your hair when you wake up or something. And she says she chews it while she sleeps. So you're there, nom, 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 nom. sleeping all through the night. <laughs> what kind of gum? Do you blow bubbles too while you sleep? Margo from Buffalo, gum girl while she sleeps. Next. I could not imagine these could be better. Joe Musso. He says, wife says, I laugh when I sleep. I'm just there for a good time. <laughs> That's it, Joe. Joe's a cut up, man. When as soon as he, you know, when Joe's awake, yeah, he's a good guy and everything. But when he falls asleep, Joe knows how to party. And I bet when you wake up in the morning, your wife's like, you were having so much fun last night. You were laughing. What was so funny? And you're like, I don't know. Tell me, what, what could have been so funny? And she probably feels a little weird that you're not sharing with it. You were laughing at it, but you don't remember. I, I laugh in my sleep occasionally. Joe, that's a good tweet. Moose on air, that's his handle. Next, Hunter Mahan from the PGA Tour. The real Hunter Mahan. Hunter says, I'm about to sleep with mouth shut as well. I have a deviated septum, so fingers crossed. Well, that sucks, Hunter. You, but you're sleeping with your mouth shut, sure. But do you mean mouth taped shut? If so, Hunter. Can you send us a picture of whatever this is? Send us a picture of whatever this thing is that you wear. I think that's what you mean. A lot of people sleep with their mouth shut. Cl clarify this on me, Hunter. What's the handicap at Hunter right now? I would think scratch, right? Let us know that too. Next, um, more weird sleeping habits. This is gonna be a new Omaha Productions podcast, just the sleeping habit podcast. Rob says, my, <laughs> my wife says I'm way nicer when I sleep talk like a legitimately sweet husband, caring, nurturing, the whole nine yards. And yet, Rob, the second you wake up, jerk. I bet you're triggered by that. I bet you're like, what do you mean I'm nicer when I sleep? I'm not nice when I wake up. No, you are, but just the things you say, are you okay, honey? And nim, 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 I miss you. That's funny. A lot of observations from the significant other. I'd like to hear from Rob's wife about that, as well as the other wife who had Clara Intel on her husband. Oh, Jesus, Scott. Scott Dole says, I have to sleep with my ear folded on the pillow. Cannot be flat. Scott, that's disgusting. Hold on. You get into bed. You got your, your PJs on. You put your feet in the blanket. And just as you're about to make that delightful plop down into the pillow, you say, hop, flaps down, and you're telling me you take the top of your ear and fold it like you're retracting the rearview mirrors on the side of your car to enter the garage and then lay on top of it for, I'm guessing, seven or eight hours? I'm doing it now for five seconds and it hurts. Are your ears just completely jacked up? Are they way sideways? Are they wrestler ears? Scott. How could that be the thing? Do you take the ear lobe and tuck it up in there like a pig in a blanket too? <laughs> that's, that's gross to me. But 
Scott says he can't be comfortable. And now let me ask you this, Scott, last follow-up. You sleep in here and you go like this. Let's say just per chance in the middle of the night, you're tossing and turning. You flip to the right side. Do you in your sleep flip up your right ear? <laughs> Come on. I believe it. It's point blank and no one would make that up. It's too weird. Scott, great tweet. Last one. Sleeping habits. Because the Boston Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla. Zach says, my wife sleeps without a pillow. Total serial killer stuff. Zach, you won the segment. That tweet doesn't have an ounce of fat on it. Your wife lies down and puts her head on the mattress. Blanket, sheet, fitted sheet, everything. Just head crooked as hell on a terrible angle. Is her neck completely messed up? Or maybe she sleeps on her back. That's the only way I think that would make sense. You certainly couldn't be a side sleeper. On your back, I guess you could. Sleeps without a pillow. I need, I need a minimum two and preferably three pillows to sleep. Without a pillow, I couldn't even do it. I, that, that would be like sleeping on a Southwest flight, row 37, seat C, in my own bed without a pillow. Zach, I, I love you. I hate to tell you, you are married to a serial killer. Great job. Great tweet. That was all kinds of fun. That's incredible. We should do that every week. Thank you, Boston Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla. That was pretty awesome. All right, guys, I hate to say these five words, but time to end the show. I'm having so much fun, aren't you? And I have cocktails in front of me. I'm in such a good mood right now, but I gotta go get a dart. Gotta get a dart, I'm gonna throw one, it's gonna hit a number, there's a topic corresponding to that number, and I will ad-lib a little rant to it, unless I hit a bullseye, and then we start the weekend. Nope, that is a two. Topic number two, what should we end the week with here in Kyle Brandt's basement, carried by Omaha Productions. Vice are giving a wedding speech, that's a good, good topic. Man, I, I have to choose my, my abridged version of this because I, gotta, I have a, like a 40-minute stand-up routine on wedding speeches. Here's how I feel about this. I want you to remember this. And I, I once developed, in, the, in my 20s, I developed a template whereby to give a wedding speech where you just fill in the blanks. And I've offered it to people, I've outsourced it to people where I have an intro, I have three beats, and then I have a joke. And it's all about 90 seconds. This is my advice for a wedding speech. It's not a wedding speech. I want you to understand that. You are not giving a speech. You are giving a toast. You understand the difference? That is a lost art right now. The idea of the wedding is you are supposed to stand up with a beverage and you are supposed to pay homage, pay respect, and direct love to the bride and groom for the sake of the audience. And you toast to them and then everybody takes a drink. I don't know when it happened, when it became this gargantuan 26 minutes of bloviation while everyone is like, sit down, dude, can we get to the dessert or the dancing? But my number one thing to you would be brief, brief, brief. Your wedding toast, in my opinion, should be under two minutes. Under two minutes. I gave the toast at my brother's wedding last fall. I was the best man. I think I was about 90 seconds. And you gotta have no fat, you gotta get right to the point, you have to have an intro, and you have to really say what you mean, and hit your marks, and talk about this wonderful bride and groom, and then wish them the best, toast the glass, and then sit your ass down. These people think that they're, they're, they're running for Congress, or on Broadway, or at Carnegie Hall, or something. Do you know how talented, and how smart, 
and how compelling and charismatic you have to be to carry a 20 minute speech or a 12 minute speech or a nine minute speech at a wedding, there's not many who can do it. Believe me. Tell me the worst parts of any wedding you've ever been to have not been the maid of honor speech likely or the best man speech. I told you I wanna give you the abridged version. I gotta stop, we gotta start the weekend. Guys, it's a toast, it's not a speech. Keep it brief, sit down, it's not your wedding. Love you, love you guys, you're great, we love you, sit down. That's it. That's the week guys, thrilled you were here with us. Love the sleeping habits, love that wife who doesn't sleep with a pillow, serial killer. Great husband and wife stuff in that topic too. Great stuff all week. Guys, thank you. We'll see you next week. We'll be back Monday. You exit through the garage, close the door on your way out. I'm going to the bar. Tweet me, tw text us, do anything. Follow us, share us. Uh, we'll be back Monday in the basement. See you then.